We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the week 17 edition of the absolutely epic early week podcast. As you can tell, I am not JM. He is currently traveling, and this is not early week. Again, we, with the holidays and everything, we kind of fudge things up, and we're getting to you a little later, but it works out better because there's a lot of things we had to wait for until Wednesday night to really know what was going on this week, uh, which we'll get into. We've, we're joined here by Bobby Fye, as always. And Christopher Colosi, who is taking over for JM and I think basically being me while I'm doing a terrible version of JM. Yeah, I'm not taking over for JM. You're taking over JM. I'm becoming you, which isn't a stretch for me. So the show's pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah, we need like a, we need like a clap track when we announce Colosi's back on, like like on or something. We need we need we have to figure out some some way to get some sort of clap tracks in there. There we go. <laughs> um, also, guys, if you're listening to this right now and you don't want to listen to 15 minutes of banter before we get started, just fast forward. Like always, it's it's pretty much what I was going to have. Colosi, how was this last week? How's NFL treating you? How was the holidays? You got any weird any weird things to talk about? I don't have any weird stories. I, uh, last week was good from a standpoint. First, I just want to say I love doing podcasts because I find that when you don't have to worry about what you're doing with your face and you don't necessarily have to speak loud and you can pick a microphone and say things that are kind of like you get more, uh, more nuance in your jokes and what have you. So I'm very excited to be doing this with both of you guys. But yeah, I realize like- so many different weird things I do with my face throughout like the first six months on Grinders Live that I just completely stopped watching my own shows because I don't want to know what my face is doing. <laughs> right. And you have to speak louder and all and like real audible. You can't, you can't say things like, uh, you're an idiot. Like that would never get picked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, not the question you asked me. The question you asked me is how I did um, the week that we did the show together, all three of us, which again, I had a great time. Um, I did well that week. Cause I, 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 you know, I, I crushed it that week. That was a very good week. For me. Last week and eh, right in the middle of the road. I will say this though, man, I've said it so many times. Show me the guy that's supposed to be super-duper popular, and I'll tell you the guy that I want no interest in because I did play Zeke Elliott and hated myself for doing it because he was over – in my opinion, he should have been like 20 25% owned last week, but because of the hype, he bumped up to 37 And And the minute you get a guy that's getting an artificial hype bump, I don't care if he does well or not, I should have been off him. That's how I play my tournaments. I did not think people were going to be on him. I was planning on – like, I was just playing because, all right, he's a decent player. I didn't pay attention to any ownership, which is why I got Gurley at a fairly low ownership considering. 
and I just had him everywhere because I'm like, I, I don't think he's going to be heavily owned. I don't, and he's a good play. Well, that worked out well for you this week. Uh, yeah, 55 fantasy points. You can't really argue with that one. Uh, and I totally agree with Colosi. You find me a guy who's going to be uh, some sort of chalk, even necessary or unnecessary. I'm going to try and find a way to fade him no matter what. I may end up playing him, but my first instinct as a tournament player, like Colosi and I are at least, uh, we are going to look for a way to fade that. So we're going to get in some interesting conversations in a really, really weird week here. See, the, yeah. thing is, the thing is, is that, See, what I'm talking about is if he was just going to be the 20, 25% owned that I feel like he should have been owned, then I'm okay playing. It sounds so weird because at the end of the day, he didn't have that great a game. You either play him or you don't. What's the difference in like 12% or what have you and yada, yada, yada. But I think it's all the difference in the world. And it's one of those things where because they were talking about it all day long, right, on, on the NFL network, 200 yards and this and that, and you got to lock him in. No matter what, good play or bad play, he's going to be owned more than he otherwise would be if everyone and their mother wasn't talking about him. And that's why I think you fade him. You follow what I'm saying? Absolutely. Completely agree with you. I stopped listening so. to things after about Thursday. I did not pay attention to anything after Thursday. Just checked injuries, and that was it, and that's – I, 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 I talked with JM on Saturday – and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going to send you a list of players. Can you tell me if I'm off on anything? I haven't looked at things in two days. And he's like, why are you doing this? Every time you change it, it screws you. You screw yourself. So just don't change a thing. And I didn't. It worked out great. I was right on pretty much every count except for Robert Woods, which the difference between him and Cooper Cup, which was the thing I was kind of figuring out over on FanDuel, cost me about twenty five grand. Oh, man, that's brutal. But hence the, hence the idea of the epic early week podcast is that we want to get our thoughts out there before we, uh, we have all the information and just sort of our, what our instinctual, our nat- whatever, whatever draws us naturally to what our plays are. And uh, it's really interesting to go through on Monday nights. Obviously, we're doing it a little later this week, but it feels like a Monday night because there is still a lot left to be known. We did get some information today, but it's going to be a wild week. So I'm excited to do this. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, I guess I, since I don't know how long have we been recording. When did we start this? I don't know. I guess we can just get started. I should probably give my weekly rant. Uh, I was talking closely about this. Every time I'm around my family for the holidays, it's just, weird stuff gets talked about. I won't get into all of it because I I'm, think that's an understatement <laughs> considering the story you told me. But continue. So this is not one of the weirder ones. This is just the one that I feel like they would be. This is one of the more tame ones. <laughs> I mean, we, uh, yeah, pretty much. So we were sitting around talking about cremation and what we did with my grandparents. Like you what, do on Christmas. Yeah, everyone. I mean, and we all decided that I'm going to die first because my parents think I'm the most unhealthy person in the world, which is a little far off, but not terribly. And what we decided on is I'm going to get my cremation ashes put into pills and have my mom walk around at bars and at the funeral and put into drinks. And it'll be on there for my dying wish so no one can get angry at her. We decided we couldn't do my dad because he, he just – he seems like a guy that if, if he did that, then everyone would immediately call the cops on him. But my mom's a real <laughs> sweetheart, and she probably wouldn't get the cops called on. And her response was, well, if anyone says anything, I'm just going to say my son was inside of you, was one of the random thoughts there. <laughs> and this is just a random conversation that we have at Christmas. Uh, so I, I wouldn't actually do that. Probably, maybe. I mean, I might put it on my list. I really doubt my parents would go through with it. 
Um, maybe one of my dumb, dumb brothers, but yeah, it's not going to happen. You don't have to worry about, um, drinking me, but it was just what I really want done with my ashes. Just because I think it would be hilarious after death, and no one can prosecute a dead person. Dying requests, you gotta. I mean, I've got a bit that I used to do when I did stand up more about like, what do you do when someone has like a like their dying request? They're it's they're they are gonna die. And in the joke, I go like, what if one of my gay friends like I'm not gay. What if one of my gay friends is like, I just I want to I want to be with you. It's my dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. You're my dying wish. Like I think I'm gonna have to make out with this guy. Yeah, I don't want to be a jerk. Yeah, if it's your dying wish, I mean, I think all bets are sort of off the table, and you sort of throw everything uh, to the wind. I mean, I know. Yeah, I mean, what are you? What are you gonna do? It's your. It's your friend. It's their dying wish. What are you gonna say? I mean, I. Yeah, I just think of like that would be my like if I'm on a plane, it's going down, um, and someone's next to me. Like that's the immediately thing. Like if a plane's going down, you have three minutes. What are you gonna do? I'm going to try and hook up with anyone near me just to get the focus off of crashing. Um, <laughs> and it just seems like the logical thing to do. I mean, at least you can literally go out with a bang. I mean, it's going to make other people uncomfortable, but they're already, you're getting their mind off of crashing. It just makes more sense that way. <laughs> I'm with you, man. That's pretty funny. All right. In any case, I think we're probably around the 10 minute mark. We normally go through before we actually start talking about things. And I, but, and, I, and I just said if my if <laughs> I just said I'd make out with my guy friend if he was dying. So there we go. We got a good. We got a good. Uh, we got a good show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's get to the first topic here. We go through eight topics. We talk about them. These aren't really just exact fantasy player relevance. It's more figuring out situations, which I think this week is more important than any because, like, you can say good players, bad players, but you need to know the risks and the possibilities with each of them. Just because, like, a lot of these will become great tournament plays or terrible tournament plays based on ownership because of what's going to happen. But we'll start off. First question is low price wide receivers. This may just me, be me that loved them, and I could be on a boat alone. But Parker, 10 plus targets the last two weeks. He did bad for weeks based on the fact that they had tough matchups and that they had, like, a weird scenario with Matt Moore in there, both Cutler in there. He loves him. He's loved him throughout the entire season. I believe he's 4,400 on DraftKings, and he should get 10 targets here. If he's healthy, he can obviously crush value there. Roger Lewis over on the Giants has three straight weeks of 10 targets, but hasn't really done a whole lot with him. And Godwin, if Jackson doesn't play, he obviously is getting a little bit more involved in that offense. And he's someone that Winston likes. And with Evans going up against Lattimore, that's going to kind of focus a few more targets his way, or even Humphrey's way becomes a pretty decent play because they're not really playing to make the playoffs, but they have a chance to knock whoever it is. I think New Orleans out from the division lead in this. So there's always a little bit of pride that goes into that. So Bobby, any of these three guys really pique your interest or do you have another low price wide receiver that you like? I love the idea. I played a, a million percent of Parker last week, and I played pretty much a million and a half percent of Lewis. The problem is the targets were there. I'm really worried about Parker's ankle. Uh, he wasn't quite right, and that was pretty clear. But I still think that that price makes him, with those targets, extremely valuable, assuming, of course, he does play. He does have a Q tag next to his name because he's limited at practice, but I'm assuming he's going to play. 
I, uh, the guy who I'm leaning the most towards isn't anybody you mentioned. I do think Lewis makes for uh, an excellent play as well against that Washington Redskins secondary, which is actually a little bit overrated, and we don't exactly know what they're going to do this week coming up. We'll probably find out more by the time people hear this podcast. But I think that the guy I'm most interested in at the low tier is, as of this moment, Dotson. Uh, in that same game on the other side. But I don't mind putting Lewis and Dotson on other sides, and then you can pretty much do what you want. Because Dotson at 4,400 against a Giants secondary that's been an absolute joke for the last, uh, I would say, 16 weeks, but I want to say like 32 weeks. And uh, I know he had 13 targets last week, and he only had two receptions. He pulled a Zay Jones on us. But the guy is a really, really talented receiver. They have nothing to play for. There's no reason he shouldn't be force-fed the ball against a really, really bad secondary, like I just mentioned. This is the future of their team. I think this is a really good spot for Dotson. He's my favorite play at that price point, but I don't mind playing Parker also, assuming he does play. So a lot of low, a lot of low uh, cheap, cheap wide receivers that I think have some potential massive upside. It's just going to depend on how things break uh, and what we hear going forward. But as of right now, it's Dotson, Parker, and Lewis are probably the ones I'm most interested in. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean – that's it's that's a good point with Doxon. I mean, it's just the twelve targets and two receptions it might scare enough people off that they won't be on him closely. Any thoughts on those guys? Any new thoughts? Any other low price guys? Go. I mean, I I like the Dotson call more so than most any of those guys. If John Jackson doesn't go, like you had said, Godwin is the one that that I want because you you add two yards to him last week. He's got a hundred yard game, and if that big long pass goes for a touchdown, which he's totally capable of, and he got looks in the red zone, it you know he's got a monster, and his price came up a thousand dollars. So if I'm looking to save, I'd probably end up going with him. But again, that's contingent on just on Jackson being out. As far as uh, Lewis. Uh-huh. That's the noise that I make for for eh, like I don't. I, I mean, sometimes that's a good noise. So explain. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not, in this particular in this particular case, this is not. The, I, I should realize you can't see my face. I gotta. I, I can't because if you saw my face, you would know I meant bad, bad, uh, and not the good. Uh, it was a bad one. <laughs> um, just yeah, because like you said, he's getting the targets. We're not doing anything with it. And Eli's terrible. Like, I, I'm not really looking to do that. And, and I didn't watch Miami last week. Who is, is Cutler or more quarterbacking them right now? Does it matter? Cutler. It's Cutler. Cutler. Okay, so it's still Cutler. So, like, dude, he sucks. And, like, I understand that Parker's supposed to get the looks. And, but, eh, eh, I'm, I'm not looking at either of those dudes. Like, we talked about this before when you gave me the thing. And I was like, I feel like I'm going to feel stupid because these aren't guys that I'm paying attention to really at all. Maybe to my I story. mean, the main thing, though, like, something I forgot Paul should have mentioned is they're going against Kansas City. They're, I believe they're going against Kansas City. They're going to be resting all their starters. They already right. basically came out and said it. So I can't imagine they're going against a very good defense. And, I mean, still, Parker, there are a lot of – oh, wait, no, they're going versus Buffalo. Who's going versus Kansas City? Kansas City, Denver. Denver, that was yes. it. All right. Yeah, that was something else I was thinking about. Yeah, but, yeah, no, I understand. It's just something to keep, keep in mind going out through the course of the week that you can pay down at wide receiver – which leads us to our next reason why well, we here, might. Well, here's the other thing. Wait, real quick. Here's the thing I want to say though. Uh, they're they're hanging on a prayer to make the playoffs. Buffalo is for the wild card. Tennessee's eight and seven. Chargers are eight and seven. Buffalo's eight and seven. So unless the Chargers play Tennessee, I'm looking at this right now. Do the Chargers play Tennessee in this week? They do not. So like they could all lose, and then Buffalo wins, and they take that last playoff spot. Whereas Miami's, try, I think Buffalo's gonna be playing hard. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, so they play in the morning game too, and both Tennessee and the Chargers play in the late game. Yeah. So no matter so, what, they got to play their hearts out. They're not going to have that letdown that we might have with like the Steelers and New England. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would be remiss though if I didn't bring up one other guy I did forget to mention is Kenny Galladay. Uh, I know that. Uh, Killaby was mentioning it on a show, Grant, we were on with him earlier today. Kenny Galladay at 3,300. As as a guy who has enough friends who are from Michigan that I have to watch a lot of Lions games, it's a a guy who I think that is is probably going to get a really increased workload this week. I think they're going to see what they have. I think you're going to see some more more action heading his way against a really weak Green Bay secondary. And at 3,300, he had eight targets this last week. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a similar type of action – this week uh, against a much worse secondary. And uh, I think Galladay has got some upside at 3,300. So certainly someone to consider. Obviously, by the time this comes out, we might hear about other guys. And it's the one thing I want to make clear is that we're going to find out a lot of stuff Saturday, Sunday morning that uh, is really important to pay attention to. And but as of right now, I think Galladay is going to be a really interesting play. Yeah, we also forgot to mention Guillermo Allison and Michael Clark, who may oh, be starting for Green Bay. Like Clark's a big, talented, physical I think it's like six seven and runs a four five, something ridiculous like that. Maybe six five and runs a four five, but big physical, fast wide receiver, and he's only mid price there too. So I mean, there's a lot of places to pay down this week. I don't know how many of these guys actually offer safety outside of maybe Lewis, just because you know ten targets are coming his way. What he does with that is kind of irrelevant. But yeah, there's there's a lot of low price wide receivers that could do some stuff this week. I don't know how heavily ownership's going to go on it. Again, it's Wednesday night right now, so we don't know. Um, but let's move on to another low price guy. The Rams have already said they're going to bench both Goff and Gurley. Sean Manneman, Man Manion, Man, I don't know how to say his name. All I know is apparently he looks like draft cheat just looking at his picture right now. I could be alone in that, but <laughs> check it out. Look at look at it. Pull up it. Pull it up on DraftKings, and you'll see what I'm talking about. He'll be starting, but he don't. We don't know if Cup, uh, Woods, or Watkins are going to get a full workload. And then what's his name? Brown uh, should get a pretty big workload at thirty nine hundred. They will be resting their left tackle and their center, who both have injuries too. So, but this is another scenario where you have McVeigh, who's one of the best play callers coaches in the NFL from what he's done this year. Um, he can maybe be like Chip Kelly and put up big numbers with almost anyone in the offense. So I wouldn't surprise me to see them put up points because they're not trying to lose this game. Like he still wants to play to win. He just would rather have a lot of his players healthy. So Bobby, any thoughts on Brown, any thoughts on cup woods, Sammy Watkins, and any thoughts on Manaman? Yeah. And I'm probably going to get a little bit of crap from people for this, but first of all, I want to say the name like guru elite mafia guru elite, whatever the hell that is, is the dumbest sounding thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't care who the hell you are, who, who's offended by it. Go ahead. Tweet me if you want to. I don't care. It just is so stupid sounding. We're playing DFS here, guys. This is not like like fancy, ridiculous thing, you lunatics. Anyway, whatever. I'm on uh, again because uh, I, I get a little tilted when I talk about some of those guys. So, can you remind me the question? Um, any of the Rams guys? Are you interested in? <laughs> I'm gonna have to wait to see who's exactly playing. I'm not gonna play Mannion. Uh, I think it's. I'm. I'm more interested in the other side of the ball on San Francisco side. I don't think if I'm gonna pay really way down at quarterback, I'm probably looking at Mahomes, even though I don't love the spot in Denver. 
I just think a lot of the player himself, and I think he's the future of the Chiefs. But as of right now, I don't think that I'm overly obsessed with the Rams. We did just find out the information that Gurley and, uh, you know, uh, Goff would not be playing. So I'm still trying to figure this one out. Uh, as of right now, I'm not overly interested in any of these guys. I think there's going to be better spots that open up. Uh, it might be in this game even. I just need to, I need to dig a little deeper, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think out of all of them, the guy that interests me most is Brown because he's a good running back. I mean, if they can do well with a crap running back like Todd Gurley in the lineup, then I'm sure Brown can do something. Whoa, whoa. You got to <laughs> stop with the Todd Gurley nonsense, bro. You got to stop That's- with this. That what what where does that come from? Did he did he steal your goal or something? Like what's his Colosi, I'll fill you in. So <laughs> to start the year, I said Todd Gurley was an elite running. I've been saying this for a couple of years actually, and Grant's been going off on me about it and making fun of me when Gurley was putting up three yards per carry. Right. Now now he's gonna finish the top five of the MVP voting and he's legitimately been the best running back in football, not named Le'Veon Bell. So I don't understand why Grant will refuse to acknowledge it. I don't know if it's just stubbornness, if he's just trying to troll me. But Todd Gurley not being good at football is really uh, – it's not only a hot take, it's, it's to me a stupid take, Grant. It was less stupid at the beginning of the season, and now it's just been more fun to mess with you. But I will admit he's a good running back. I don't know if I'm putting him in the top three, but I'll put him in the top four. Oh, I love it. I love it. At least you got him in the top, like, 20, which is way, way ahead of where you had him. And I told you this year I would take him over Zeke in a snap, in a heartbeat. I mean, I was mostly no, was arguing that Zeke was not that great. I just put him up there just to piss you off. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, no, Gurley, I mean, I wouldn't take him. If we were drafting running backs right now, I think there's three or four guys I'd go before him, maybe. But, yeah, he's, he's, de- he's definitely proved me pretty wrong. But I think a lot of it is the system. Like, he's still a very good running back. But you put Bell in that system or David Johnson in that system, Sure. Or LaShawn McCoy in that system. I think they all do better, but that's probably about it. Can't do much better, but I agree I was with you. I to say hard to do better. I was about to say hard to do better. He's <laughs> in 55, 45, couple 40, <laughs> 35, 32. One week where you're like, he, you hated him because he scored you 21. Wow, what a dick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough to do better. Yep. I'm, uh, yeah, me and Colosi on the same page. I love it. Colosi, welcome to the show. This is awesome. Yeah, we can go yeah. up on Grant. Um, Kelsey, any interest in Brown or anyone else? I mean, I don't know. En- I don't know enough about about Brown. It's one of those things where it's it's week seventeen. Anything can happen. I get it. He's a starting running back. He's dirt cheap. He's in an offense that runs the ball well, but he's not. That doesn't make him the same guy. You know what I mean? I don't know anything about this quarterback. I mean, I'll read and I'll do more research and I'll listen to what the guys that know more than me have to say. But when I'm starting to build my lineups, I'm not going. You know what? I think I want to put in. Twenty eighty dollar millionaire lineups, and I think I'm going to center that around the Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to center that around Mannion. Yeah, yeah. Sixteen hundred on Man. I, I can't see myself doing it in more than five percent of my lineups just because I listened to someone smarter than me that said you might want to take a look at him. Blah blah blah. But like, other than that, that's my own devices. That guy wasn't on my radar until you opened your mouth. Yeah, I mean, I, it, more of what I believe on it is just how good McVeigh is at running an offense, seeing the difference between last year with Fisher and this year with him. It's kind of a similar situation to when Mark Sanchez became the quarterback of the Eagles and he put up decent numbers. So that that's more my thoughts right. on going up against a terrible San Francisco defense. Like, that, that that's that's my belief in it. Shine. 
I said, and this is one time to shine. You know what I mean? Like whenever someone gets an opportunity, they are going to be motivated. I mean, granted, he doesn't call the plays, but I guess if they're putting them out there and they don't need to win, they don't care. I guess they want to see what it is they got in the event of someone going down or this and that. So I guess that's my question. Who do you think they're going to try to, I guess the game script. I, I, there is a play in this game that we're ignoring. That's the obvious play. And it's going to be the guy who, who no one's going to be on, at least as of this moment. But by the end of the week, I'm guessing they will be. And it's Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds is a super talented receiver that's minimum cost for the Rams. And if they are going to rest their receivers as well, that's a guy I'm going to have uh, take some shots on because I think there's massive upside if they sit, if they or at least limit Woods, Cup, Watkins. And why wouldn't they? If they're going to sit out their quarterback well, and they're well, running, if you're going to, so what about Higby then? Because I, I find these these quarterbacks they like to go to their tight ends when they're not. sure. Well, there's Higby, there's Austin, there's Cooper. Like realistically, they have some guys that can do some stuff with the ball that are all min priced in this offense. If Watkins, Cup, and Woods are all sitting out, one of these guys pretty much has to do something in a Sean McVay offense. The only difference say- is that Josh Ren- that Reynolds is actually good. He's actually got talent. That's the biggest difference between him and the other guys for me. And he's got Matt, he's got upside. And like Higby to me would be like the, the Niners are decent against the tight end position. They're still playing to win. They want to keep Garoppolo's undefeated streak. Hey, who knows how long that can keep going? But uh, I think this is going to be a game where San Francisco's playing from ahead. They're throwing the ball. I agree with Colosi's you know premise that they're you're going to be looking for the tight end and it's a safety blanket and all that. But I still think Reynolds offers the most upside. So as a tournament player he'd be the guy I'd be the most interested in here. Yeah. All right. Well, we should probably move on. We spent a lot of time on this topic, although it warranted it. This will probably be less the Chiefs players. Mahomes, obviously, on a lot of people's radar just because of how good he was in college. Um, They might be resting Kelsey. They might be resting Hunt. They – I don't know who else they would really rest, but it could be anyone. Uh, West and Mahomes are the two guys that are really popping on most people's radar because Wes is not an in-talented wide receiver, untalented, whatever talented wide receiver or running back. Um, so he's only 4,400 going up against Denver defense that is obviously susceptible to the run in a lot of scenarios. Any interest in them or running it back with the Denver defense on the other side with the cheapest they've been in years? Wait, real quick. I hate to step on this, but my mother came downstairs and she wants to say Merry Merry Christmas again. Happy holidays. Go ahead, Ma. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Merry Christmas is over, but well, uh, New Happy Year. New Year. Happy okay? New Year is coming. She came down. She's like, is it not? I can't see it. Is it not? Is it not on? Is it not? And I'm like, no, it's a podcast. It's not live and it's not on right now, but it's it's going to be. Just don't bother me. And Okay. So anyway, so we love you, Ma. Mama Colosi. Love you, Ma Colosi. Mama Colosi, we love you. Uh, happy New Year. They say they love you. Happy New Year and all that. Um, right. Yeah, some, some, yeah. Uh, in any case, Mahomes, West, Bobby, go. Uh, Mahomes, it's Mahomes and the, uh, the defense for the, the Broncos is probably the better play. If this game was in KC, I'd feel better about playing Mahomes. I don't feel good about it. I feel like Denver tries to win this game. If you spend time in Denver, you understand this is a crazed football town, and these people actually, like – they take this stuff seriously even when it doesn't matter. So I think Denver does try to bring their A game defensively. I think they play pretty much everybody, I'm guessing. So as of right now, I that's the one thing keeping me off Mahomes. I'm Mahomes. I think that he is a I think he's the future, but I don't think that uh, this is this is necessarily like the, I don't know, I'm sort of going back and forth on this. If I find out guys are resting and you have notes to leave or something like that, maybe I'm looking there, but 
Otherwise, I'm probably mostly looking at the Denver defense. Yeah, and I mean, so one thought on my mind is that I don't really need to pay down a quarterback. When you got Russell playing for something, you got Brady playing pay, playing for something, you got Cam playing for something. Like, I think I'd rather pay up at quarterback this week because there's so much better value in other spots. Colosi, you got any interest in these guys? I, I'd maybe play Sharkandrick West just because he – I like the way he runs. I always have. And the only reason you can't play him is because of Hunt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'd play, I'd play, I'd play Sharkandrick. I, I can absolutely see him getting the workload – getting a screen pass and taking it 40 yards for a touchdown. I mean, it's it's in the realm of possibilities. I don't think it's crazy. The other guys, not, eh, not so much. But Sharkandrick, the more and more I hear you guys talking about Sharkandrick, the more and more I think I want to go. What about the other hunt? What if the other hunt, Kalosi, gets the, gets the carries? You mean the other West? Oh, Akeem Hunt. Oh. Akeem Hunt? Uh, I mean, okay. Because if, if you're going to rest up for the playoffs, like, Chark is still involved enough in the game that I feel like maybe they, they don't even give him – I don't know. I'm just – I'm curious to see what Casey ends up doing. And I just think that maybe Akeem Hunt is like a – just way off the board. Maybe no, – right, but it, it definitely needs merit. If you're going to like White, you can't not consider that. So I'm with you. Yeah, plus one thing to keep in mind is if West is the – if they declare West the starter or Hunt the starter, West is the third bat down back. And so he does a lot of the receiving game, which a new quarterback is going to dump off to a good wide – or a good yep. receiving back way more often than a normal good quarterback. And with Denver's defense being so stacked in the secondary and having a good pass rush, he could see a whole lot more dump-offs than would normally happen. I'm telling you, that 40-yard screen's coming. It's on layaway. Bank. All right. Put in, I'm putting, uh, putting it on my list now. You just you talked me into Chark. <laughs> nice. All right, we'll move on to the next one. Um, there are a lot of teams – NFL, by the way, great job scheduling – like, all the games are happening simultaneously that have playoff connotations in it. So we have the first one, or the first set that I'm talking about, is New England at Pitt. Both of them are 13 or more point favorites. Well, so, not, New England, not New England at Pitt. Don't confuse them. New England and Pitt. Yeah, so New England's facing a terrible Jets D or team. Pittsburgh's facing the worst team in the league this year in <laughs> Cleveland. Both of them are 13-point favorites. Like, if they're playing for something, Bell could be a great play in this game. Juju, Roethlisberger, Bryant could all be a great play in the pit game. New England, like, any one of them can go off for a big game. Lewis could go off for a big game. Gilsley. Like, all these guys are promising, but there's a decent chance that it's just a complete blowout by halftime, and most of the stars the stars don't play most of the second half. So are you going to play anyone from either of these games on the New England or Pittsburgh side, Bobby? It, oh. Which one of us? Okay, Colosi, you start. Well, I, well cause I, I'm very passionate. My Pittsburgh Steelers, I wanted to jump in and take this one because I do have thoughts about this. It, it's all predicated, obviously, and I think you, you kind of alluded to that. It's all predicated on where the, where is this uh, – when does New England play? They both play where at one or 425 Eastern right, okay. time. So, right, so it's all predicated on this New England game. Now, here, now, here's what I'll say. I will say that for whatever reason, I've seen the Jets give New England a run for their money a few times in my in my football life. <laughs> they just I, – sometimes – I don't even want to say sometimes. I feel like a lot of times they make it they make it competitive, and you're like, how'd that happen? And you're like, ah, you know, whatever, right? So I'm not saying that they're going to lose that game. I'm not. But if that game's not in hand, you know what I mean? They're not benching anybody in Pittsburgh. Like, Pittsburgh's going to play. 
So that's the one thing that I'm struggling with. Because if that game's not in hand, and it's not like at the halftime, New England's is 28 to three, which this is NFL. People love playing spoiler. They love, I mean, it's like I might play some Pittsburgh guys because I think that maybe New England they still win. But they can't go. We got to take the, the pedal off the metal, no matter how much they're up or whatever. They need their stars. They need that bye week. They want to secure bye, the seed, the home field, all that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, the problem is that Le'Veon Bell's 10K. Um, the other the wide receivers are priced up. Roethlisberger's priced up. I mean, it, it makes and, more and, of a. And it's, it, and it's a division game. It's a division game, too, but for, for, you know, for both. But I'm saying Cleveland and Pittsburgh. I've watched. I'm a Pittsburgh fan. I've watched enough games to watch Pittsburgh run over them and also play down in their competition and they've seen each other enough times and they can't stand each other and there's all that bad blood like yeah I, I, I don't know I don't know I don't I don't know I feel like there's the fix I feel like something's up something's fit you smell that you smell that something's fishy here I'm telling you something's fishy <laughs> yeah I mean Pittsburgh only won by three points when they played in week one and obviously Cleveland has probably gotten better since then like, Pittsburgh can really blow it in almost any situation. Um, yeah, it makes good points. I still don't think I'm going there, although it it has merit because they're going to come in at super low ownership because a lot of people are worried about that and the prices are so high. It, there is merit to, like, having an afternoon-only team and kind of seeing where the scores are at and if anyone's blowing up and going off the radar if, like, the one or two guys you had in the early games just completely suck and moving to low-owned Pittsburgh or low-owned New England, who obviously have massive upside, but may or may not be playing the full game. Bobby, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think I actually agree with Colosi's point entirely. I think they are going to play it all out. I think it's just don't get cute. Play Le'Veon. Everybody, even at 10K at the overprice with the value that's going to open up. I do think that they're. Gonna, I mean, they're going to try to win this game, and even if it's a what, even if the Patriots are up by two touchdowns at halftime and, and Pittsburgh's up by two touchdowns at halftime, they're still going to try and close out right, the game. Right. The, the Patriots have to be up – it would have to be 35 to nothing at the start of the half before maybe they're like, okay, eh, let's not hurt our guys. They're going to win. We can't get it anyway. But, I mean, that's such a specific scenario. That means Brady needs to not throw one of his touchdowns he's been, or one of his interceptions he's been throwing, you know, all week or whatever to change the field position and make it a little tough. There's so many scenarios where I can see the Jets giving New England a tough time and Cleveland giving Pittsburgh a tough time that I like playing both these. I think here, here you go, Siege, in the, the, the show, the recaps. Here's a hot take for you. GPP winner. You take some people from the Jets, you stack Pittsburgh and some, you know, like, and like Gronk. That's what you do. Yeah, I guess that's a good call. Correlate. Um, if you're going to play pit players, it becomes a game stack with the Jets. And if you the play Jets. New England players, it becomes a game stack with Cleveland. Like, that's a weird game stack where they do actually highly correlate because if the teams are – if the games are close, then that means the other people are going to play and blah, blah, blah and whatnot. Absolutely. And I, I actually think that's – I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird way of looking at it, but I agree with you. And I think that one thing that we're missing is on the other side, like Josh Gordon is so obvious at 5,800. I'm the best player in the NFL. Yep. It, you have a top, a top five wide receiver at 5,800. I know that he's burned top a lot two. of – Top Number one healthy wide receiver. Yeah, okay. Whatever you want to call him. This guy, uh, even with Kaiser throwing him the ball, you're talking about like one big play in addition to his normal workload. And Pittsburgh will give it up. Pittsburgh will give up that play. Yep. Yeah, look what they did against Flacco two weeks ago. 
In fact, even if Pittsburgh's, if Pittsburgh's up 35 nothing at halftime, Gordon, that makes me like Gordon even better, even if he's got a big old zero at halftime. You right. could still end up with 100 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, this guy at 5,800 is going to be overlooked, and I think that he's, uh, he's probably the guy I'm most interested in this game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, anything else, guys, or we move on? This is great. I'm building a lineup right now. As we're yeah, we generally, me and Bobby are both building lineups during these shows every time because we realize how, how many things you will probably be off of later on the week that you just need to deal with early on the week. But we have another type of scenario. This one, obviously, the game should not be blowouts. Maybe the New Orleans game. But New Orleans played Tampa Bay. Carolina's playing Atlanta. Atlanta's playing for something. Tampa Bay probably has pride issues and wants to – win against New Orleans, but they're both playing at the same time. If I think New Orleans has the lead, I think they have the tiebreaker. So if they both win, I think New Orleans gets the first seed. Carolina gets the two seed. You know what? I actually looked, I'll look that up because I, I was yeah. the Look it up, but this is a game. Yeah, you look it up. Uh, this is a game where there's a lot of interesting pieces. Obviously, both the running backs in New Orleans. Um, Thomas. Uh, Evans is probably not going to be that great, but Godwin – Barbara, people have interest in them. Like, both sides, both games, there's a lot of interest. Willard Jones going up against Carolina that's not great versus wide receivers. Are you going to deal with this as if, like, you're not worried about neither one, either one of them resting players? Or are you going to, like, keep that in mind and kind of shy away from it a little bit more than you would just if they, there was generally nothing else to worry about? What do you think, Bobby? Um, I don't know, man. I, it's, I'm all about Kamara. But on the Tampa Bay side, I'm having trouble. I'm not going to take anybody against Lattimore because it's just silly. At this point, we understand he shut down pretty much everybody, even though Julio had a nice game last week when they force-fed him the ball. I think it's reaching. I don't know the, I don't know who to run it back with except for maybe, and I hate to say this name, but would be Barber. At 3,900, that's probably where my most interest would lie, hoping he gets a lot of targets out of the backfield, which we've seen at times him get a – a, a small number, he's getting two to four. Not nothing exciting, but that's probably the most side, of, the most of it for me. Kamara is the most interesting play in this game. Not obsessed with the Tampa Bay side of it, although I do think they'll come to play. I just can't figure out who to target. Brait, they're too good against tight ends for me. Don't to care. Brait's the best tight end on the board this weekend. All right, I totally disagree with you, but you said that last week as well, and uh, you were wrong there. But I don't uh, but think- I switched over to Gates when Hunter was out. Okay, well, you made a great call for your own lineups, but initially you still said Brait was a great play. And I, well, I used 50% Brait, 50% Gates. Okay. So, my I, tight I ends the, average double-digit points. I got the Saints uh, stuff or whatever. It's, so if they lose and they go as the – if they lose, Panthers win and they lose a division, but they go in as the wild card. Yeah, they both go to the playoffs, but the, right. the, the Saints hold the tiebreaker. So if they win, they're the, they win the division no matter what. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I on um, I already said Godwin. If 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 Jackson plays, Jackson's the play. If Jackson doesn't play, Godwin's the play. Brate's a great play regardless. I don't care. He's still one of the best tight ends in the league. And Winston loves to throw to his tight end, and he doesn't have Howard there anymore. Um, Atlanta, I think Julio's a great play. I love Newton. Um, I think McCaffrey's an all right play. Uh, Atlanta throws or forces opposing offenses to throw a lot to the running back. So that's my thoughts. Uh, Close, are you looking at these guys? Are you going to treat this game any different than as if they weren't, as if it was just a normal week? I have, I have a song for you. Would you like to hear it? Yes. 
Kamara, Kamara, I love ya, Kamara, you're only a TD. Kamara. <laughs> I'm with you completely on that. I, di- I didn't realize, Grant, we were talking about both games. I completely agree about Julio Jones. I thought that was a great song. By the way, who, know- who knew Colosi could sing? <laughs> I, I, I figured. He's, he's got weird musical talent. You guys both have weird, like, skills at things that most people don't even know are, I don't know, it's, it's, it's Yeah, crazy. I can ride a mean bull. I went over the top Broadway with it. I figured that was appropriate. I could have hit you with, like, an R&B. Tomorrow, tomorrow. It wasn't even pitchy or anything. It sounded really good. Tomorrow, you're only a day away. You know, you can have the kind of voice that I can hear in Disney movies. <laughs> That's what I do. I can show you the world. <laughs> Shining, and shimmering, splendid. Tell me, Bobby, now when did you last let your heart decide? There you go. I was, I was not expecting that. I was expecting me to be the one that broke out in Disney music. That wasn't great. That wasn't great. You know, I wasn't warmed up, guys. But I, I gave it was still. I, I ended up singing Disney at karaoke, and I am fairly tone deaf, so it rarely ever. Uh, goes well. By the way, Bobby, do we know who lost bold calls last week? I'm going to guess it was you, but I have no, no idea. Who did, do you remember who you picked? No, I had Parker. We picked low, low-priced wide receiver. He had Parker. I had uh, – what's his nuts? Uh, Lewis. So I, you, I, I would have had Lewis. Lewis I had everywhere. No, you said you talked about having him, but I was the one that brought it up, and I was the one that oh, took Oh, in that case, I had Bird, because those are the only three guys I played, so I would have won. I would have beat you, so I think you would have lost there. Yeah, that's it, the, did that's Bird? A, yeah, Bird had a touchdown. He had a, he had a kickoff return for a touchdown before he got hurt. Um, week 16, he got 10 points. Yep. I think – let's see. What did Lewis get? Um, so you can think of – or Pelosi, you Yo. seem like the most logical person – to have, have you, do you have you heard of our tweets or consequences game? No, please. Uh, so we pick a bold call every week, and the loser has to tweet out whatever the other person, huh? Grant, did we lose you? Can you not hear me? Oh, we might have lost Grant. We actually lost our host here, Colosi, and that's just me and you talking. Yeah, I think it might just be. But here's the thing, though. So I slept. Oh, can you hear me now? Well, we got we you now. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Know, I don't know why I could hear you that entire time, but. You guys yeah. couldn't hear me. But, yeah, no, basically it's uh, – we make a bold call. Whoever loses it has to tweet out normally something of my picking. And the last six weeks it's basically been about tickle fights with Siege and it gets real down and dirty. Um, real, real, real bad. I don't know. I, I, you can go read them sometime, but they're generally not good. Uh, but in any case, yeah, if you want, you can pick something out for me to tweet. Uh Hopefully before the end of the show. If not, then you know what? We we had a half tag of tickle siege at the end, so maybe they'll know. But you get to pick it this week, and you can participate in our bold calls this week. Okay, so it's gonna be a bold call, and then I gotta tweet some. I mean, we'll figure it out at the end of the show. It's not time for that. Yeah, we should probably <laughs> keep going. We've 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 talked a lot about a lot of things. Uh, next one. This isn't really fantasy related, but I guess it is. Uh, Garoppolo. So I, I think I was listening to Coward this week, and he was talking about how Belichick wanted to keep Garoppolo, and that Kraft wanted, to, and he wanted to ship off Brady. Um, 
Belichick. <laughs> he, wanted ship, he wanted to ship off Brady. Is that, is that a real thing? He wanted yeah. to trade Brady? Yeah, they were talking about that he wanted to trade Brady because he believed Garoppolo's the future and he could get a bunch for Brady and keep Garoppolo on. And Belichick believes pretty much anyone could work in his system. I've and heard Kraft's a lot like, of no. Garoppolo scenarios. I've never heard the trading Brady scenario. That's, you don't, that's you don't trade the greatest. You don't do that. No, First of all, both me and you are on the page. Where, all right, are you still on the Manning's the greatest page? I still, th- I think Peyton Manning is the greatest. Yeah, I hate to say this uh, right now because it's hard to argue against the numbers with with uh, Brady, but I do think that Peyton Manning was the greatest quarterback that I've ever seen. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Brady are a really close second. Yeah, I think if either of them were on the Patriots, that they would have won more Super Bowls and would have done significantly better. Because I'm starting to believe more and more that Belichick just really is the greatest coach of all time. And I hate it. He is. Yeah. Like, I'm talking any sport. But they're not mutually exclusive. Like, Brady is still, like, what else could he have done? And they couldn't have done that much significantly better. Like, he's he a great, base, great baseball coach. It's easier to cheat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just the two Super Bowls they lost to the Giants, they didn't score a whole lot of points. I think Manning could have done better there. Um, in the earlier years, if he would have had Peyton instead of Brady, then I think Peyton's just abilities, because they had a great defense. It would have been essentially just a top team by far. I think they could have gone undefeated this season. I don't know. I just – I think that Manning's a better quarterback by a decent margin, and he's the greatest quarterback of all time, and he could have done better in, in Belichick's offense. But in any case, Garoppolo – I don't agree about the Belichick's. I just want to – because I want to make this clear before I get a bunch of stuff on Twitter tomorrow. Um, I want to make it clear that Manning, I don't agree necessarily for Belichick's offense. I think Manning runs his own offense. He's an right. offensive coordinator slash quarterback. So I don't know that he would have done better. But as far as what he what he did while he was a quarterback, and forget the last Super Bowl in Denver, it was sort of like Elway getting those two at the end that made us consider Elway one of the greatest ever when he was the guy who always couldn't win one. These, that, that wasn't – we didn't see the best of Manning. The best of Manning was in his early days, and his defense didn't – Not when he said, put, what did, what, 55 touchdowns? No, no, I'm talking about at the very end of, of Manning's career when he, when he literally could barely throw the ball 10 yards. Oh, yeah, his last Super Bowl was not his bells. at all. Yeah, when he was throwing to Owen Daniels. What is that bell? I hear oh, bells. There's it's, a bridge opening up on my side. I'm going to mute my thing so you guys talk for a minute. Okay. I'm listening uh, to the bells, and I'm like, well, what is going on? Yeah, that's Bobby. You know, that, pretty much every week in this podcast, there's there's some weird noises. But Garoppolo, <laughs> uh, you got any interest from this week? Do you think that he is going to be just an absolute star quarterback that San Francisco got the way, way, way better into that, that New England realistically should Shipped off Brady, but mostly just do you have any interest in him this week going up against the Rams? They still have a good D, but they might be sitting a lot of players. I like starting running backs against uh, the Rams. They've been bad. I mean, every time I've started running backs against the Rams, it's always worked out very, very well for me all season. Um, as, far as, as far as Garoppolo's concerned, with the ridiculous Brady take, if that really was a rumor, that's just that's, – that's ridiculous. But I, I don't think – I think you let Brady play until he's done playing. He's like, I don't want to play anymore. Because even if he's terrible, it almost doesn't matter. He puts butts in the seats. It's all about making money. So even if you have to lose a season because he's, like, on his way out and it's sad, that'll still create buzz. People will come out to watch old Brady try to do it. So, like, you never get rid of Brady. I mean, but if they're winning the division, they're still going to get the butts in the seats. Like, Garoppolo, realistically, has one of the best win percentages of any QB ever. I think he's 6-0 or 4-0, whatever he is. He hasn't lost a game ever, I don't think, as a starting quarterback. 
which is why I think they shouldn't have let him go. I think they should have just kept him there and kept well, developing. Well, it's after this year they had to sign him to a new contract, and he's not going to stay on a team that, you know, is going to not let him play for two more years. Yeah, so. but that, right. So, and I, and I, I understand that, but I, I, I would have. I would have. I'm getting – I'm getting – currently right now, the best quarterback, all this knowledge, all those rings, all those whatever, and, and, and the franchise itself, you're in New England. You're you're in New England playing for the best football team maybe ever, and you're like, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna no sign me for just the two years, and then we'll we'll re up my contract when I actually start or whatever. But yeah, I would want to stay there. I do think he's a great quarterback, and I would start him this week. Is the other answer the short answer? All right, Bobby. I would start him. Uh, first of all, if this was a jawline competition, I think that Brady and Garoppolo would be like one and one A. And like the okay, NFL. no, McCown, first of all, is number one. Oh, oh, you're so right. I totally missed out on McCown. Yeah, I've talked about this like 13 times in the past. I know, years. I know, I know, I know. Short memory, I guess. But Garoppolo, uh, these okay, fine. Let's just say best looking then. Garoppolo. And no, Brady. Edelman's more handsome than both of them. They both acknowledge he's not a quarterback. This. He's not a quarterback, and he's like five feet tall. I he's, find he's, myself he's partial. Five to foot Gronk. eleven. I'm partial to Gronk's boyish charm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I feel like if me and you were a football player, we'd probably end up being Gronk. I have a poster of Gronk shirtless on my ceiling. Is that weird? I mean, it'd be weird if you back. didn't. I feel like we're going back to the beginning of the show where Colosi was talking about if your best friend's dying wish was to make out. <laughs> so we're we're learning a lot about Colosi on this show. This should be called. We're like, learning he's a good friend and he loves Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, but yes, playing play, playing Garoppolo to me makes perfect sense this week. I actually think a lot of Garoppolo, but I think this this over love is ridiculous. And one thing is, I'm not gonna. None of us have ever made money questioning what the Patriots front office has done because every time they do something that looks foolish, it always works out in their favor. I hate the Patriots, and with JM gone, I can actually say that these New England fans. These Boston fans, they have this weird sense of entitlement. They think that they're the new New York. It's disgusting. This over the top, like better than now, holier than now. I don't know. It drives me nuts. Brady's but, the best ever with the Patriots. We're going to the Super Bowl every year. The Super Bowl. Brady, book it. Yeah, it's Brady and Garoppolo are the best two quarterbacks in the NFL the last 10 years. Okay. Okay, guys. What about Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. He just doesn't happen to be playing right now. But Garoppolo this week as a play, yes, play him. But play the guy beneath him just a little bit in price. Play Phillip Rivers over him uh, every all day. Filthy Phil. All right. All right. Now we should probably get some normal DFS stuff. There's obviously a lot of teams that are not playing for anything, and that, but they haven't been playing for anything for like seven weeks. Obviously, San Fran's one of them, but they're playing for fun and to see what Garoppolo can do. Uh, Houston going against Indy is the game that I guess we should probably just go straight into Love at First Sight, which one of the main games that I really was interested in today, which we haven't even talked about yet is Houston against Indy. Hilton obviously destroyed Houston the last time they played, 175 yards, two tuds. Um, Houston, obviously Hopkins gets a great matchup. He's going to see targets. Doyle, Houston is one of the worst teams in the league in terms of target percentage to tight ends. So to me, like some of my favorite plays, Brissett I think is a good play because he's playing maybe his last game for Indy. Luck and stay healthy. Um, Doyle is a guy that can get a whole high volume of targets. He had 10 last week. We've seen huge games from him before. We've seen him being one of the highest scoring players on the entire board. Same with Hilton. Uh, I think it's a good double stack, and neither of these guys are priced where they should be. And then Hopkins, obviously, just on the other side. So 
that's my favorite game of the week or so far. That was the one that initially caught my eye. Uh, closely, by the way, you're going to have to figure one of these out, but you can say one we've already had. Uh, Bobby, you got any love at first sights here? You nailed the first love at first sight. I mean, I don't even know how to stack another one other than, I mean, I think people are going to be tempted for the Carolina-Atlanta game. I think it's a little bit of a mistake. It could play a little slower than people think. I, I still think I'm going to have pieces of it. I'm, I'm obsessed with Julio this week, but uh, I don't know how Houston and Indy is not the best game to stack, and I really don't see myself completely committing to another stack. I think I'm just going to find this game, stack, stack this game, and then just figure everything else out with uh, ancillary parts everywhere else. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think many people are going to be on it either because I'm pretty sure the over-under of the game is, what, eight points higher than the Patriots' implied team total? And I think people are like a lot of the DFS community, especially in football more than anything, doesn't know that much. They just play it strictly for fun. So you might see a large ownership on these guys in the higher buying tournaments, the lower buying tournaments. I think these guys are going to go way under on. Pelosi, do you have a game that st- stood out to you at the beginning of the week or during the show or really anything? And what do you think of our two? I, I like both of you were just fine. I like the Houston-Indianapolis uh, game. I, I have – oh, man, I've talked myself out of DeAndre Hopkins so many times, and I've watched him not – I've watched him almost bust so many times, and but he just always gets that – He never does. Down, <laughs> that late – he does an acrobatic spin and he gets the ball, and he touched down. You're like, that's not a touchdown. Then you see it, and you're like, oh, shit, that was a touchdown. So – I. I, I, I love DeAndre Hopkins. I got to play DeAndre Hopkins. Where, Bobby, where would you rank Hopkins for wide receivers in the NFL? In terms of his skill set, like as an actual receiver, if you're starting a team, or in terms of the offense he's running and the, the option? Like, what are we talking Just about? Just how here? good of a wide receiver is he? Uh, is he ahead of Jones or no. OBJ? No. But, well, but, but hang up. I, I, right, I, I, with OBJ, OBJ, because of his, his head case, it, what, him being such a head case, Maybe you can make that conversation argument, but it's it's going to seem really silly next year when OBJ has like an absolutely massive like two thousand yard season or whatever. I mean, the guy's upside is ridiculous, and I don't know if I want to start betting against OBJ. So I have it: Brown, uh, Jones, OBJ, then Hopkins, probably then Michael Thomas and Keaton Allen sixth. You you've got to put Josh Gordon at number two. But I think oh, I did forget Josh Gordon, so we'll drop Keaton Allen back and we'll drop Michael Thomas back. That's what I would do. But I think he's asking raw, raw like talent or whatever as, as his ability to catch the because we, we have not seen a good he hasn't had a quarterback throwing him the ball ever. You know what I mean? Uh, I think he had what was it? Did he have Schaub throwing or that was Andre? No, Johnson. no, I know no, he had, he had I think he had Schaub for like a little bit. But even though Schaub wasn't the greatest thing, like he's never had. When you think about those five six quarterbacks, who are like incredible. Like you put him on on any other team with a consistent quarterback that can get you the ball. Put him on a Green Bay. Put him on a Pittsburgh. Put him on a New England. I, he, I think he's. I think he's a top. He's easily a top two receiver in the league right now. I really do. I think. Thank you, Closey. I just. I'm happy someone else is on my side. I mentioned it a few weeks ago, and Bobby just. I think Bobby and Killaby both just shot me down immediately. You're wrong. You're just wrong because I mean it's it's like saying Jarvis Landry. I mean he doesn't have to be throwing the ball either. But when you're running like four yard out routes and you're getting 17 targets a game, it makes your numbers look a lot better than you actually are as a, in terms of skill. When you actually have more talent around you, it actually is harder to put up those kind of numbers. What's crazy about Antonio Brown is you can put him in triple coverage and he's still going to yeah. find a way to get there. Julio Jones is legitimately I, even on a in a down year. 
Julio Jones is legitimately the guy who's going to have the career that we're going to go, okay, he's a top 10 receiver of all time. Antonio Brown has got a shot to be top three of all time. And OBJ has a, t- a chance to be there. I don't see Hopkins having that same upside, but I do think he's maybe, maybe top 10. But I don't think I, I think that's a function of the team. I think it's a function of the team and, and, and who's throwing the ball. That we'll see, but I, th- I think partly that function is is what's helping him. I mean, you bring these guys in and these all these nothing quarterbacks, and they're throwing you the ball seventeen times to their best player, and all of a sudden your numbers get padded. I do think Hopkins is a terrific receiver, but it is a different situation when you're playing on teams that are actually contending, competing, and guys who are getting double and triple teamed and still finding a way to get there. And and not that Hopkins is not one of those guys, but I wonder how many picks have I should look this up. I wonder how many picks have been thrown and balls thrown to Hopkins versus Brown, Jones, and OBJ. It's going to be higher because he's had a terrible quarterback. Look at the numbers that he put up with Deshaun Watson. And they're force-feeding force him the ball, though. That's what I'm saying. It's a lot easier to put up these You do not think they're force-feeding Antonio Brown? They don't need to force-feed Antonio Brown. He finds a way to get open all the time. They don't throw picks to Antonio Brown's side. He snatches everything. So in the six games or seven games that Watson played – I think that Hopkins had a touch, averaged a touchdown per game and over 100 yards receiving. First of all, I've been the guy who was – last year when we did our show, I was the one who was screaming about Hopkins and how great he was and how, he, how everyone was overlooking him all the time. So I don't think Hopkins is a bad receiver. I love him as a receiver. I just don't think – I think it's Brown, Jones, OBJ, and then Hopkins. That's just my personal take. I could be wrong. That's where I'm standing, though. I'm not going to change my opinion today. Yeah, well, I was just getting that out there. We've we've gone on a lot of tangents of shows. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. Is there anything we forgot to talk about? We forgot to talk about the fact that it might be if, if it really might be Larry Fitzgerald's last game. That yeah. is a guy who uh, we could talk about as being one of the great underrated receivers of all time. And I just want to say, like that guy, nobody's ever talks about this guy, and he deserves all the credit in the world because he's never had anybody throwing him the ball either. I mean, yeah, Carson, uh, Saint- Kurt Warner. Very clearly, Kurt Warner. Carson Palmer was in the MVP conversation. He's had great quarterbacks, but he's also been one of the best wide receivers for most of his career. It doesn't matter who's throwing the ball. Larry Fitzgerald, is never his numbers have never changed. Nothing's ever changed. And they don't throw picks to his side. He can run every kind of route possible. He has the best hands of probably any of these guys not named Antonio. I'm, yeah, maybe even better. Yeah, he's got better hands than Antonio, but – yeah, I would say Fitz, Fitzy is uh, – I just feel like – I really hope it's not his last game. I've been hearing that talk a lot lately. I don't know why it would be. The guy's still at the top of his game. So, if he's leaving, one of the true class guys in the NFL and uh, a guy you should probably look at playing this week. But uh, that's the only other thought I had here. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, what do you guys want to do for bold calls? So, I mean, generally, generally figure out something throughout the course of the podcast, but I don't think we've really – I mean, I'm fine with doing tight end – do you have a tight end that you really love this week, Kelsey? I mean, it's Gronkowski, so that's not exactly bold. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking in the mid-tier. Is there any mid-tier guys? Because I kind of want to go with Bray, or we can do something else. We can go low price wide receivers. Uh, whatever, whatever you want to do, I'm cool with, yeah, but I've got it. one ready for each. All right, Kelsey, you pick something. I pick something? You throw yeah, It's got to be semi-bold, but we do basically point per dollar. Pick, pick a player at pretty much – any price or any position not named Grok. Can I have Shark Kendrick West? Yeah. All right, so we'll go low price running backs. I'll go with Brown. 
I, yeah, it's weird because running back is – I just want to say I don't think that that should be your goal to pay down, and this is not exactly paying down, but we're doing point per dollar. I'm going to say Jamal Williams is going to go absolutely nuts against Detroit this week. Yeah, that's a little bit less bold, but I'll give that. There's not really another low-priced wide receiver. Did we mention any other ones during the podcast? Any, I mean, low-priced running backs? We yeah. didn't, but there aren't, there aren't really any other guys that, like, stand crazy out. Like, it's weird to see Devontae Freeman's price at 5600 G- Giovanni Bernard could get the workload, but actually, we don't even know who's going to be running the ball over there. So, yeah. at this moment, I think those are pretty much the guys we're looking at. Um, Is Darqua running for the Giants still? I mean, I think it's Gallman's offense now. Okay. It's also <laughs> 42. I mean, it's Gallman's offense, and by that I mean – he's the one in the backfield that's not doing well. That's a sad world there. you live in whenever it's Wayne Gallman's offense. Yeah. All right, uh, Bobby, last thoughts before we get out of here. Enjoy doing the show with you guys. It's a little bit sped up, totally a different format. I think we do need to do an NBA show or figure out something together because I love hanging out with you guys. Um, miss JM tonight and uh, really thanks to everyone who listened all year long and really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun and Look forward to next year and stay tuned for basketball, baseball. Hopefully we'll get one going. Um, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, guys, uh, let us know what you thought about this, having Kalosi on. If you say a bad word about JM, I will hunt you down because you cannot do that. But you can say good things to, about Bobby or Kalosi. You can say bad things about me if you want. I don't care. Uh, Kalosi, generally I have weird thoughts at the end, but since I'm taking JM's role, I'm not. Uh, any last-minute weird, weird thoughts? No, we're thoughts. I had a good time. I just realized this is the last show of this for the year, isn't it? It's weird that we generally do the playoffs sometimes. Okay, we're good. I hope so because I would hate to think that the people you've been with all year that he's gone for his last show. So uh, we missed you, JM. I, I, you know, I guess. Well, technically, did I miss him? Because I got to be on the show. (laughs) I mean, you miss you. You technically missed him every single week. Every week, every week, I missed him. So I don't, I don't miss him. I guess. So, but I miss you. You know what I mean? That's my final weird thought. Is a. A roundabout insult. I didn't mean to. I, I meant to say complimentary things. It's coming out wrong. It's coming out wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we also had that conversation with my family during the week. That was that was real strange. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm talking with these weird twins over here. That's it, JM. Wait, I, oh, so, okay, sorry. Go on. Twin. Oh, wait, yes, please. Four-man pod, by the way, with JM, so at least he can understand what it's like to work with Oh, you're twins. calling us twins. I thought you were actually talking with twins. Oh, no, okay. no, no. You guys are the twins. I wish nice. I was talking to some twins other than you guys. Yeah, we both perked up, though. We were like, wait, twins? What, are the twins walking by? What are, I, what are I, 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 I've, I've got weird, weird things with twins. twins? With, if they're women, I love them. If they're men, it just seems like, like a fun, fun set of friends to have. Because you know what? If one of them's busy doing something, I have the same exact friend kind of close. <laughs> uh, right, no, wait, see, this is something that we could talk about if we had a show, like a show that didn't have to, yeah. I, I would love to dive into this more, but we're at the end of the show. I agree, I agree. <laughs> All right, well, we gotta get out of here. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully we'll be back next week. Hopefully JM will be here too. Um, I had a good time. Bobby, I believe, had a good time. And loved having Pelosi here. So good luck, everyone, and we'll see you at the top of the leaderboards. See you, kids! <laughs>